Welcome to this week's Infinite of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And this is your boy, the douche, Matt Golden. We were going to talk about Luke Cage originally this week, but Matt was out of town and enjoying sunny California at a wonderful music festival. And I really enjoyed season two of Luke Cage. So I did not want him to try and rush through it in two to three days and try and get through it all. So he pushed that back one week. And this week we're going to talk about the movie I Kill Giants. Yeah, I was about six episodes in and Alex was like, hey, don't worry about it, pal. I'm a lazy piece of shit. Let's just record something different. Yep, that's exactly what happened. I'm pretty sure it was. And I told you that's a movie that's been on our radar for a little bit. Uh, it did kind of sneak up on us. But when it was released, it wasn't released in theaters anywhere near us. Uh, but No, it, uh, it was a very small release. Yeah. It is an image comic, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Uh, and it is a self-contained, like, six issues Seven-issue story. Yeah. Seven-issue story. Yeah, it was. it's written by Joe Kelly... We've talked about before uh, because he's written Deadpool. Uh, more recently, wrote a lot of the issues in the Deadpool Spider-Man series. Or sorry, Spider-Man Deadpool series. Had that, yeah, had that backwards. So, but you hadn't read the book before, so going to the movie was completely new to you. It was entirely new and one hundred percent depressing. Uh, and actually, yeah. Before going further, spoilers, obviously. And I will say this. I do recommend this movie before we begin, and if you have any interest, I do recommend seeing it before listening to this podcast, because I do think it's worth your time. But like Matt said, it, it is depressing. So if you're in the mood for that kind of thing, like don't expect uh, an uplifting battle. Like, and it's not depressing in the way Infinity War is. It is depressing in the way reality is depressing. Yeah, like real life shit is depressing. Uh, yeah, this is going to be the least entertaining episode of the Internet of <laughs> because we're just going to be sad the whole time. It's going to be uh, emo, emo Matt and emo Alex all day. Uh, I'm never emo. <laughs> Alex is exclusively emo. In fact, my favorite t-shirt I've ever owned was a t-shirt I had in high school. I just said emo sucks and I had a pair of broken emo glasses uh, in between the two words. I've not been able to find one since and I since lost that shirt. I was pretty sure it stole my brother and he's never copped to it. <laughs> that is because Alex is hashtag hardcore. No, I don't like hardcore either. <laughs> Exclusively punk and ska, but if it strays too far into hardcore, I'm not interested. Alex is just blocking out the haters right now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> just left and right. Um, but, so, what were your initial impressions when the movie, movie first started? So, the movie is um, by, I want to say, the same producers that do Harry Potter? Yes, uh, I believe so. so. I mean, Harry Potter's had a bunch of producers over the years. Uh, it's not the big wigs over at Warner Brothers. You kind of see a cheapened version of that. Um, I kind of thought of it as if Wes Anderson went crazy and blind in his old age <laughs> and described his style to somebody who had never seen his movies before, uh, this is kind of what it would turn out like. Yeah, the director, Anders Walter, this is his first feature-length film that he's directed. Uh, so I thought for someone's first attempt, he's done quite a few shorts, but I thought it was for someone's first feature-length film, they did a pretty solid job. Yeah, the movie itself yeah. was, was good, and the, and, and the direction was fine. I'll say this. The movie uh, is very true to the comics. Like, almost all the events that happen in the comics play out in the movie. They expand on some relationship a little bit more uh, and minimize a couple others. But it's a very comic-accurate film. 
That's too bad. <laughs> they, they should have made it a happy ending. And, and to be fair, like, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to, to the ending. To Don't. The, to the twist of this film. Don't do it. Uh, but essentially, actually, we should build up a little bit. Yeah, you got to tell the, a little the, bit about the story The main story character, uh, Barbara <laughs> uh, Thornton, is a teenage girl. I'd say she's probably around maybe 13 years old, would yeah, you 13 say? 13 sounds perfect. Uh, she wears rabbit ears like Luis and Bob's Burgers. But the comic predates Bob's Burgers, so they took it from them. Uh, but And she's someone who's a brat, essentially. Uh, and she believes that she can kill giants with her magic hammer. Uh, she sets traps and wars all along her seaside town and inside her school uh, that most people never notice. But And she's weird and she's strange and she admits it. But that's part of her charm, too, I feel like. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I guess she's kind of charming. But she, I mean, like you said, she's kind of a brat, though. Yeah, but I mean, like, she's funny in a way that, like, it did, can be funny sometimes. Yeah, yeah. like a, like a yeah. penis or like, like somebody who's a No, like, like, if it was happening to you, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to slap this person. <laughs> but if you're walking up to someone else, you're like, okay, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Good one, Barbara. Yeah, I don't I don't think I want to interact with this this child whatsoever. No. But I try to avoid interacting with children altogether. <laughs> in fact, the other day, a child rang my doorbell, a neighborhood child, and asked me if I wanted to see him eat a hot pepper... <laughs> I declined because no matter what genre of movie that starts out as, I don't want to be a part of it. How much were you going to have to pay to watch this? I, I didn't inquire. I was annoyed because I was eating dinner myself and having like a few moments respite between work and sleep and my so child. You shut the door on this kid? I told him, no, thank you, and shut the door. You Alex, never... a hater of children. Yeah, pretty much. Except for my own child. But all the others are, are uh, well, I don't know. Just don't look. The jury's out look, on your own Look, show. I'm just going to say if your parents is going up to houses and asking strangers if they want to eat them, uh, watch them eat a hot pepper, maybe you need to reevaluate your parenting techniques. Disagree entirely. <laughs> that is the only way that children should be growing up. But anyway, so Barbara's not like that kind of strange. Barbara's, Barbara's <laughs> more like way too much into D&D and think it's part of real life strange. Oh, yeah. She thinks fantasy is reality. Yeah. And in the film, like, we do see... Giants, like Barbara interacting with and talking to them. Kind of. Uh, well, we do. I mean, it, we're, yeah, we're, we're seeing we it through do. her point of view. Like uh, three times in the whole movie. Yeah. But, so, it's one of those things where you don't know if it's real or not. And the tone of this film kind of reminds me of, like, the 80s kids' family films. Like, The NeverEnding Story, uh, Dark Crystal Labyrinth. Like, it definitely had a darker, more serious tone, but one... That the filmmaker expects a child, like a teenager, a teenager, to be able to understand and cope with. I just wanted more monsters, dude. I just wanted more giants. You get giants literally yeah. five times up the whole movie. But to be fair, they're not really in the comics either. Like it's just talked about. So, but it kind of, I think, kind of gives you like this element of like mystery. Like, is Barbara crazy, or could there actually be giants threatening to destroy the world? She's crazy, is what it is. She's yeah losing it a little bit. So, but she makes a friend, uh, this British girl who moved to town, uh, for better or worse, and the, the British girl just buys into it. Like, she has questions, but she goes along with Barbara's weirdness. She 100% wholeheartedly buys into it. That's my only issue with this whole movie. The rest of it, I'm, I'm fine with. Like, the lack of monsters and giants and shit. Full, fine. Whatever. Who gives a shit? But this little girl's willingness, a 13-year-old's willingness to buy in to the fact that these giants are real... Is absolutely insane. What do you think of Madison Wolf's performance, uh, the woman that the younger that plays Barbara? 
Oh, she was fantastic. She was yeah. great. I think this film, I think this, I think the acting really stood out in this film. Uh, from three people specifically, Barbara, who we just mentioned. You could have nominated uh, her for an Academy Award and I wouldn't have batted it. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, sure, I get it. Yeah. Uh, she was great. Zoe Saldana, I thought was really good, who plays a counselor uh, who's been in much better comic book films. And you might know for Eskimora. And Imogen Poots. Never seen whatever that movie uh, Who every year is at least a second runner-up in the worst name contest in the world. <laughs> uh, but plays her older sister, Karen. And I, I thought she was fantastic as well, too. Like, you really got her sense of burden and care that she carried, trying to care for Barbara and Barbara's older brother. Uh, by the way, her older brother is the most shitty piece of shit that ever <laughs> lived. He's yeah. constantly got friends over and playing video games. Yeah, with Barbara's issues, like, you understand because she's younger. And so you, you, you can be a little, a little more sympathetic. This kid's like 15 yeah. years old. Yeah, 15, 16 years old. And you understand that he's going through something traumatic and horrible. But he could just be less of a dirtbag. Total douche lord. Like, if there was ever a description of douche lord in the dictionary, it'd be this fucking kid. And you know that he just rides off of the ending events for the rest of his life. Yeah, and there's also a bully in the film named Taylor, uh, played by a young lady named Roy Jackson. And I thought she was great as well. Like, like I hated her. I hated the character in the film. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, she, she was a great. Yeah, who's just cruel because she knew what Barbara was going through. And she was still horrible to her, whatsoever, just because she was a weird girl. Yeah, just because she wore bunny ears and would well, hide giant traps. And we'll say, ways. Barbara did not make it, Barbara intentionally pushed you boy. She did not make it easy to be hurt with her. In the film, she slapped the counselor. Uh, she tried to alienate her one friend multiple times. She ran away from home. Uh, she insulted teachers whenever they tried to be, be nice to her. So she, she was not an easy person to deal with at all. She's kind of a scumbag, too. <laughs> you know those scumbag 13-year-olds. <laughs> so I guess we should get into kind of what's going on with this girl's life. Yeah. Uh, the reason that she's a scumbag, as Matt put it, uh, <laughs> is because her mother is dying of cancer. And it's not like she has cancer and there's like hope of remission. She is bedridden, essentially on hospice, but they're not able to afford hospice care. Uh and dying, and it gets to the point, like, throughout the film, Barbara hates going upstairs, and we don't know why. Uh, she stays in the basement. Uh, one time she wakes up upstairs, and she's terrified to her toes, and it's because she can't even be around her mother, because she can't accept the fact that she's dying of cancer. Uh, yeah, which was a huge revelation for me. Yeah. Uh, and it comes in, like, the, the 11th hour, yes. kind of, yeah. that, oh, by the way, my mom has cancer, and that's why I can't relate to reality at all. Yeah, I just hated Barbara the entire time. Once that re- revelation happens, if they do a, a complete 180 at, at that moment. Uh, yeah, I was, I was totally sold in this whole monster concept and just started believing it was kind of an indie film, but I didn't see very many monsters. And then it, it turned into this sad piece of, of fiction that I related to very strongly. And it, it hurt my butt and it hurt my heart. Yeah, and if this plot sounds familiar to another film that came out recently, it's very similar to the film A Monster Calls, uh, which came out uh, just a couple years ago, I believe. That stars Sigourney Weaver and Felicity Jones from Rogue One uh, about a boy whose mother's dying of cancer and he sees a monster and he tries to deal with it that way. Uh, that's based off the book by Patrick Ness, but that book came out three years after I Kill Giant, and it's essentially the exact same plot, but less cool because the character doesn't believe that they're a giant slayer. And does not kill giants either. Exactly. 
Like and our like our heroine does. It's cool. Like she she has her hammer and she calls it Kovaleski, named after the Philadelphia Phillies player old timey, which is just such and like it's I don't know why it's just so perfect. Like it's just, just this old timey thing that just is so unique to this character, and it's a great name for. Uh, a weapon too. And like, as Barbara says in the film, that all great weapons need names, which is such a, a throw to classic fantasy too. Oh yeah. I feel like Mjolnir and Marvel and DC, like everybody's got a badass like name for their weapon. Yeah. Like all great superheroes do. So of course she does. And it's Kovaleski. Yeah. And it's fucking cool. I don't know why that sweet, sweet Jewish name <laughs> is so badass, but it, it works. Yeah. It works so and hard. It's funny, like Matt said, like like the cancer revelation comes in the eleventh hour, and it's much the same way in the comic as well, too. Uh and you get hints that like obviously Barbara's afraid of something and something's not alright. Whenever we see Karen trying to help out raise a family and make dinners, there's there's no adults around. Like w- there's no dad in the picture, which is never explained in either one, I don't believe. Uh and it's never their mother's never even talked about in conversation. Well the only adults that we see are is essentially the, the counselor and some of the teachers at school. I mean, if you count Poots as a as a as an adult, yeah, but like in a sense that she was rushing that role way too early. Like she's someone that should be off in college, like actually becoming an adult. Yeah, yeah. she she seems around like senior in college age. Yeah. So and she's struggling to deal with uh, two horrible kids and, <laughs> and a terrible boss who doesn't care that apparently her mother's dying of cancer. Yeah, by the way, can we just talk about the boss for like 20 minutes? Because that guy's a real dirtbag. <laughs> and we never see him. We only hear a one-sided phone conversation. Yeah, she's like, come on, you gotta understand, yeah. right? And he's like, uh, yeah. maybe. And we, and we hear her like, she's only she's only 13 years old. It's like, so the boss was like saying, well, can't your, sister, can't your 13-year-old sister pick up some money around? <laughs> like, it's... Yeah, your yeah. 13-year-old sister is being a real piece of garbage yeah. making some money. Really money. selfish right now. <laughs> I need you to come in and work a double. Yeah, she needs to watch her sick yeah. mother. These tables are not going to clean themselves. The real hero of the movie is whatever company that guy works for. <laughs> I really support whatever that company is. Blockbuster Video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought the setting was really good for this, too. Like, I like that. It's actually the comics, and they had the seaside setting, uh, and it looked like Either northeast or northwest small town. Uh, it's Manchester by the Sea. If Manchester by the Sea was fantasy and also somehow more sad. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> and it's weird because, like, like I feel if this film had starred bigger name actors, that it would have got like on the early buzz for for awards. Just, uh, but because it had a first time director uh, put it on a small studio, and aside from Zoe Saldana. Uh, who's not a major actor, but much bigger thanks to the Guardians films, uh, that it, it went largely ignored for the most part. Oh yeah, like I was, I was kind of shocked. There was not really a a release in theaters. There was not really any, you know, drum up of press when it came out on DVD. None of that shit. Yeah, and it was I was super low key. Uh, looking at reviews, it looks like critical reception was mixed. Which I can understand because, I mean, it's a very dark film that you don't want to get into. So some people might have felt misled going into it. Uh, and looking at what, not critics, but people thought of it. Most people uh, that watched it seemed to really enjoy it. Uh, most people, a lot of people, not most, but a lot of people read. that They were just ugly crying throughout the last 20 minutes of the film. This is a film that can make you cry. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I had just gotten home from vacation. And I was kind of like... <laughs> Welcome un- back. <laughs> I was kind of unpacking and stuff while while the movie started. And I finished up about 20 minutes, 25 minutes in. So I was just kind of like, oh, sure, whatever. This is like a fantasy thing. Like, there should be more giants, which is yeah. what I've been saying this whole time. And then we get around to the climax, like like you said, like the last 20 minutes. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Here it fucking comes. <laughs> no, please. Please don't. Like... Oh man, like I've gone through a lot of personal stuff in my life yeah. that I can really relate to this with, and it re- I really feel for these people, regardless of if you've gone through this kind of stuff or not. Yeah, but it it really hurts to watch a, a young kid watch literally watching her mother just waste away until she dies. It's and it, it just depressing makes depressing as fuck. Yeah, and it just makes all of her like it, it, it's like that oh moment like where you realize why she is the way she is and why she's acting the way she is and. You understand, or you try to understand, how difficult it must be for someone who's 13. And for someone that's already weird and strange and doesn't have many friends. So she's essentially going through this alone. Uh, and she doesn't have, and she's not close with her, she's not close with her family. She does there, obscure yeah, Phillies players exactly. from 100 years ago. There, there, there's no dad in the picture. So there's really no one to help her uh, through this. And like, like Matt said, like he's going through some of his personal life and... Uh, pretty much as old do you get. I mean, as sad as I say, everyone will pretty much know someone that's dealt with cancer, uh, or or they will deal with it in a much more direct way. So it's a very relatable film. Uh, but I do think that this film is suitable for people around Barbara's age. Like I mentioned, it does remind me of like those '80s films, a little bit darker, obviously, but. Oh um, yeah, twelve thirteen is probably yeah the ideal age for this almost. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would be horrible. For them to see, just, I mean, it, it's just a nice way just to learn, like, not learn, but I mean, just to help emotionally be, be prepared for for the darkness and the cruelty of the world, but also see that it's not the be-all, end-all, and that, and that things can be okay in the end. Right. I mean, it's, it reminds me a lot of the other PG-13 movie, The Departed, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because everybody dies and it's just super yeah. sad. And that's one thing I do like, is that, like... It, it's worth me to say this, but like I do like the fact that after Barbara reconciles with her mother, we see I want to say it was sometime later, but she's no longer wearing the bunny ears. She's dressing a little bit more normal. But she's talking about how she slays giants in schools, but her mother does die, and we see Barbara at the funeral, and that that thing I thought was my favorite moment in the entire film. Whenever Barbara, when she was the most sad. When when she was the most sad, but when Barbara <laughs> puts Kovaleski on her casket. Be, 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 before they lowered to the ground. I thought that was a wonderfully touching moment. It was, but you know what wasn't touching? Uh, I didn't see her brother there. The <laughs> like, who, where was this dirt bag and his friend? I have to go back and rewatch. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great question. Because we see Barbara there, we see Karen, the sister, and we see uh, Barbara's friend as well. Uh, yeah, but brother, nowhere to be found. <laughs> I could be mistaken, but I remember like towards the end of the funeral... Just her sister and her walking away from the funeral without her fucking. Well, if you don't understand, is that PlayStation Greatest Hits just came out for the PS4, so the price dropped like twenty dollars. <laughs> he never can't play The Last of Us, and so he's like, you know what, guys, guys, I'm in the middle of a playthrough. Yeah, we need to make a quick uh, PSA. Uh, if your mom is dying, but The Last of Us is only twenty dollars, <laughs> you need to make a decision. Yeah, you. I mean, it's it's, it's just we, we've all had to be there. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to tell you that you're right or wrong with whatever decision you make. It's your choice. But choose wisely. So, did you ever hear a moment in this film 
Did I have a favorite moment in this Yeah, film? in this dark, dark film? Um, I'm going to say yes, because there's only one real moment where you get to watch her fight a giant. They talk about titans at the beginning of the movie, and then a titan appears at the end of the movie. Um, and you get to watch her pull Kovaleski out of the bag, uh, which is a gigantic fucking hammer, which is really, really cool. Kind of like uh, what Harley Quinn carries. Yeah. Uh, and you see her smack this titan around. And it's pretty cool. I, I really liked it because that's the only part of the movie that makes you kind of wonder, like, is this real? Is it fake? It's obviously fake. But it makes you wonder. Yeah, and I will say, I thought the special effects were pretty good for, for an indie film that didn't get a major theatrical release. They weren't amazing, but I thought they were good enough for the film. It was budget Harry Potter. Yeah. Is, is, is exactly what it is. It's like if Harry Potter 1 was, like, half the budget that it was, yeah. that's what this movie would be. Uh, I really enjoyed the moment where Barbara kind of went over, like, the history of Giant, their creation, with a nice little bit of world building that she told her friends, and she told her friend that Giants came when the sky and Earth got together, and that the girl realized that their union was a bastard union, which I thought <laughs> was a nice moment. Uh, I also liked when Barbara has a mental breakdown, tries to stop a giant at the train tracks, that she stops the giant uh, and traps him, and then her friend finds the train tracks and they're walking away. Uh, but then it cuts back to the train track. Just everything's on fire. So Barbara started a giant fire in the middle of the woods set an old-timey train Oh, yeah, fire. she definitely just set yeah. fire to a random building. <laughs> Which, really industrious. No, she did it without matches or gasoline. So it's almost impressive. It's extremely impressive. But, so, how would you rate this film on a scale of 1 to 10? It's like a 7.5. It's, it's a good film. Yeah, I, I'd rate it around the same. I, I do. It's a film I will... Never watch again, only because it's just so sad. But it is one that I'm glad I saw. And I, I don't regret spending an hour and a half watching it. Yeah, I honestly thought that I was going to get something kind of Harry Potter-esque. Like, it's going to be fantasy realm. And you don't really get that. You get kind of a character study about a little girl who's dealing with traumatic experiences. And, and like you said, and I said, like you don't see it for a long-ass time. But when you see it, it really hits home. And it kind of brings the whole picture together. Yeah, and it is available to stream on Hulu right now. So if anyone that's interested and curious, you and can see it without having to break a the sad bank. Person, if you're really sad, go watch <laughs> this movie on Hulu. Uh, I, I do recommend it over Monster Calls, which I liked Monster Calls, but I thought this was definitely better. Uh, if you're interested in the comic, you can go pick that up as well. But if you just want a good hour and a half, you'll pretty much get the same thing from this film. Yeah, super fucking sad though. Like, just know. Going into this, you're going to be depressed as shit. Yeah, which is why we have no games to play this week. Because it's hard to make a game out of a 13-year-old girl dealing with cancer. Let me tell you, bro. <laughs> I thought about a game for like two or three hours. And usually they come to me within like five minutes. Like, I'm like, oh, perfect. I know exactly what we're going to do today. Not today. Yeah. Like, it's a whole, uh-uh. It's a big no-no kind of situation. But next week should be a lot more fun. We will be talking about Luke Cage next week. We will be talking about the 13 hours of television that Alex forced me to watch <laughs> in the span of like nine days. But I think about where I put up for this week's Henchman of Comics. You can always email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And please like and subscribe to our podcast. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I'm depressed as shit. Henchman ain't easy.